Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. To be more inclusive here, we'll just say sons and daughters. That we might be received in that adoption. He says, when the fullness of time had come. What does that fullness of time mean? That means the, the, the nine months for her Delivery time had come, and in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. I believe it's much more than that. I believe that God had planned and determined a particular time and a particular place for the Christ child to be born. It's an amazing time when Christ was born. Again, from all of us here at The Open Word, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Today, Pastor David will complete his five-part series on the Advent season, We've learned that Advent truly helps us focus our attention on the important things. It's easy to miss the beauty of the story of Christmas with all the busyness that surrounds the season. In this message, Pastor David will zero in on what's truly important about the season, Christ the King among us. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message, The Redemption Candle. more than just the preparation of house and kitchen and lights and the festivities that are going on, the most important preparations that we need to make, each one of us, is to receive, again, that gift of the Christ child. The fact that he came as the gift of God. The fact that he came, again, for us as a sacrifice for us, as well as the preparations you and I need to make in getting our hearts ready for his second coming, that when he comes that second time, he does come as that reigning, ruling king, making preparation, not only in our homes, preparation in our hearts, preparation not only for the first coming, the receiving of the sacrifice that was given, but even as believers, are you prepared should the Lord come even this afternoon, even today? Are you waiting with anticipation of the soon coming of Christ? The promise is, is that any moment at any time, Jesus himself says, no man knows the hour, no man but the Father above. Are you prepared? Have you made preparation in your own life? Two Sundays ago, then we lit the shepherd's candle or the candle of joy, and it reminded us of the first in a long line of people that received that good news of the Savior's birth, and then joyfully, as the word said, made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. This candle, the shepherd's candle, it encourages us to receive, not only to receive, but to share 
that same good news in our day. Just as those shepherds did, you and I are called to be the evangels of the day, the proclaimers, the ones that, again, declared the truth of the coming of Christ. Both the fullness of his first advent as well as the surety of his second advent. And then last Sunday, we lit the fourth candle, the angel's candle or the candle of love, and it reminded us that love came down dwelt among us. The word says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word there is actually tabernacled or he pitched his tent with us. He came to abide with us and to live with us. The message of the angels was, again, the declaration of the greatness of the love that God had for all humankind and how that was demonstrated and again fulfilled in that first coming of our Savior and also God's continuing love for mankind in the fact that he is coming again. Yes, he's coming as a judge. There's no doubt about that. But he's coming because of the greatness of his love to receive us unto himself that where he is, there we will be also for all of those who have come by faith to receive Christ. So again, the demonstration and the fullness of God's love. So the Advent season ends. We wait no longer. The great event that that we waited for, watched in anticipation, has happened. God's promise of a redeemer was fulfilled. Christ was born. The word had become flesh. But today, now we light the center candle. You might look around and say, I don't see a center candle. Remember, we've been talking about we're going to light the cross as our center candle, because with it, not only declaring the reason why that baby came, he came to go to the cross, from the manger to the cross to the throne. That's the process. That's the direction that he went. And on this cross are just a small portion of the multitude of names that our Savior is known by. We look at these. He's King of Kings. He is Light of the World. He is Savior He is Jesus Christ. He is Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, the way, the truth, the life, the Lamb of God, the bread of life, Alpha and Omega. He is Messiah, and beloved, He is Jehovah. He is God in human flesh. And what an awesome picture and declaration that is for us of the completion of Christ. It's called the Christ candle or the candle of redemption. We light it with praise to our God because through that first advent of the Savior, he brought the assurance of hope to a lost and a dying world. We light it with praise to God because he forewarned us of the coming of the promised one, allowing us to be able to make preparation, allowing us to live our lives in a way to be able to receive the one who is called the blessed hope. The sinner crosses lit with praise to our God because he's filled us with the joy of the Savior, the joy of knowing that through the message to ordinary men, remember the shepherds, to ordinary men, our great king offers salvation to all men. It didn't come just to the high and the mighty. No, it came to ordinary men. And those ordinary men spread it to ordinary people all around them in order that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord would be saved. We light that cross 
as a reminder of God, that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him might have life, might have it everlasting. It reminds us of how God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're gonna look at two short passages this morning as we kind of wrap things up here. We're gonna celebrate together this gift of God's great love for us. The first passage is found in the Old Testament. Very familiar passage to you should be Isaiah chapter nine. Invite you to take your Bibles, turn there, Isaiah chapter nine. Follow along with me, if you would, as I read, beginning in verse two of Isaiah chapter nine. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the days of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. And then in verse six, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called, what? Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I wanna zero in just primarily on a couple of those verses here. Verse number two and verse number six. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Well, up in verse one, it speaks about Galilee of the Gentiles. Jesus was born up in the area of Galilee. It was a, it was a district in the northern area of Israel. So was the hope only for Galilee? No. That's where Jesus lived. That's where his family was from. He was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth, up in the Galilean area. But the hope wasn't just for the Galileans. The hope is for the whole world. Why? Because all lived in darkness outside of the knowledge of Christ. The hope and the promise was for all men everywhere. Down in verse six, it says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. The inclusiveness of that reaches out so far and beyond that all men everywhere can hear the message of the hope of the gospel to be able to turn in their hearts and their lives, surrendering their lives, surrendering their hearts to him. For unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. That means for everyone that's here today, for all those that that would come to a fullness of the knowledge of Christ. The gift has been given to all men, but only those that receive it does it become effective for them. It says the government will be upon his shoulder. 
Which government is that? The, the one of uh, Israel, the one of the United States? No, all governments. The fullness and the truth of all governments. When he comes and reigns and comes into his power and his authority, all things will be fully under his control. Right now, as sovereign, all things are under his hand. But when he comes that second time, it's going to be, at, again, at a, at, a, at a way and at a matter that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It says that his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. There's a lot of uh, discussion on that. Is that uh, Wonderful and Counselor, or is it Wonderful Counselor? And the answer to that is yes. He is a wonderful one, and he is a counselor, but beyond that, he's a wonderful counselor, a wonderful counselor. What an amazing counselor that would be. You go to a counselor because you've got issues going on in your life, you want some input, you want some direction, and here this counselor knows everything about you, knows all of your past, all of your present, and beyond that, he knows all of your future. What a wonderful counselor that is. Not only does he give the, 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 the wisdom that he has, but he has the wisdom of the universe. He is God in human flesh. He has the wisdom of God pouring into our lives. What a wonderful counselor he is says that he is mighty God, and the word there is El Gabor, meaning a mighty warrior, a strong and mighty God. That's the God that we serve. That's Christ coming again, the might and the power of his authority. It says then he is also called Everlasting Father. Now, that's hard for us to wrap our brains around. Wait a minute, he's the son, but now you're telling me he's the Father. How can you be the Father and the Son at the same time? How can the Son be, that was given be called the Father unless they are in essence one, one and the same? The doctrine of the Trinity, one man writes, means that there is one God who eternally exists as three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Stated differently, God is one in essence and three in person. Did you get that? One in essence, but three in person. These definitions express three crucial truths. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are distinct persons, and yet each person is fully God, and there is only one God. There is not a multiple of gods or plurality of gods. There is one God who reveals himself distinctly in the three persons of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next, he says here in Isaiah that he is the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince who brings peace, who gives peace, and he will bring about that final universal peace when he comes to reign and rule over all of his creation. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome Savior that's been given to us to be able to call upon his name, to be able to cry out to him, to be able to trust in him, to be able to submit our lives to him, and to be able to understand his work and move within our lives. The second and final passage I want us to look at is another very familiar one. It's found in the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter two, if you want to flip over to there. Luke two. I won't read the whole thing this morning, but I want to read a portion of it. In Luke chapter two, you know, this is again the event of Mary and Joseph having to go down 
to Bethlehem because of the taxation of Caesar Augustus. But let's drop down to verse 6. And so it was that while they were there, while they were there in Bethlehem, that the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, that they may come with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Of all of that passage, as beautiful as that is and as powerful as that is, I want you to zero in on one verse with me real quickly. Verse 11. Look what verse 11 says. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Born to you, that's, that's, that's the message of Christmas. Born to you, a Savior. That is the fullness of the message of Christmas because with the Savior, in order for him to be the Savior, he had to be the sacrifice. And in the midst of all of that, as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the anointed one. He comes as that gift of God to you and I in order that as we surrender our lives to him, as we live our lives to his glory, as we live with an anticipation of his soon coming, he works and moves and reveals himself to us in amazing and in powerful ways. For there is born to you an interesting correlation there, even with Isaiah chapter 9. What did we hear in Isaiah chapter 9? Unto us a child is given. And here he says, unto you this child is born. I want to look one other quick verse. I know I told you only two but I was, just, I was just joking with you. Uh, look with me, Galatians chapter four, verse four through seven. Galatians four, verses four through seven. Paul writes to the church of Galatia and thus writing to all of us. He writes these words in Galatians chapter four, beginning in verse four. He said, but when the fullness of the time had come, 
God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. To be more inclusive here, we'll just say sons and daughters. That we might be received in that adoption. He says, when the fullness of time had come. What does that fullness of time mean? That mean the, the, the nine months for her delivery time had come and in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son? I believe it's much more than that. I believe that God had planned and determined a particular time and a particular place for the Christ child to be born. It's an amazing time when Christ was born. Romans ruled the known world, or what would be called the quote-unquote civilized world at that point in time. Rome had had such a wide stretch of, 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 of power and authority, and Rome, as they were building their kingdom, there was a lot of things that they did that they did right. Number one, they had one language that all of the people would, would grow and to understand. They used the Greek language, both in trade and in, in many other aspects. So the Greek language became, in essence for them, a universal language, or at least over all of the Roman Empire. One of the other things that the Romans did is they built good roads between each one of their outposts. So the spreading of the gospel was able to proceed very quickly and easily because of what the Romans had done. In the fullness of time, was it because it was a time when the language was very common in much of the known world? Was it in the fullness of time because the roads were made available to where the gospel could spread in the fullness and then the completeness of all of that culture? Or was it in the fullness of time because God knew the greatness of the need of man and so he sent Christ at that time to be born, to live, and to die and to be resurrected again to ascend up to the Father in anticipation also of his soon coming again. Paul continues on in Galatians and he says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. He sends the spirit of his son into our hearts that we might cry, Abba, Father. The very words, Daddy. Crying out, Daddy. It's not that we have to go through a major process to be able to come into the presence of our God. Our God has made way for us to enter into his presence. Situations coming up in life, uh, uh, failures in your life, uh, 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 falling away in your life, well, how do I get back to him? Do I have to prepare and, and, and change things? No, he says, come to me just as you are. Just as the same way we first come to him before we come to salvation. We don't try to clean our act up before we come to him. We come to him as we are. And then by the power of his spirit working within us, he cleans us. He makes us right. Why? Because we're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then we're an heir of God through Christ, there is born unto us this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We celebrate today with that reality of the gift that's given, but also the anticipation of his soon coming again. It's Merry Christmas and Maranatha. Father, we come before you. We thank you for the truth of your word. 
the power of the message and the hope of the gospel in Christ. We pray, Father, that in this season of celebration, this time of family and friends of getting together, that again, the work and the move of your spirit within our lives would continually draw us closer to you for the glory of Christ and for the honor of his name. Fill us with your presence, Father. Fill us with the power of your spirit for your glory, for the honor of Christ. And in his name we pray, amen. Merry Christmas and Maranatha. Jesus was the long-foretold Savior who many believed would conquer the physical world and reign as King. But His inconspicuous arrival didn't lend itself to that at all. Jesus came into the world as an innocent and tiny baby. While He did grow up to conquer an enemy, it wasn't who the world expected. Jesus took on the greatest enemy of all, the creator of evil and sin. As we continue to study the events surrounding the beginning of Jesus' life here on earth, we hope you see Him in a new way and allow Him to change you from the inside out. If Pastor David's message today on the open word has been a blessing to you, we'd like to hear from you. Give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. This Christmas, we'd like to encourage you to take some time to invest in a community of believers. If you haven't yet found a church and you're in the Casa Grande area, Pastor David has a special invitation for you. Hey, thanks, Chris. This is Pastor David, and if you haven't found a church and you're in the Casa Grande area, please accept this special invitation to you. I'd love to meet you in person here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande as our community of believers comes together every week to support each other, to pray for each other, and to spend time learning from the Bible. I hope you have the opportunity to join us for this celebration of our Savior. Please come and find me, introduce yourself, and consider yourself invited. Merry Christmas, and may the fullness of Christ direct you for this coming new year. You'll find more information about Calvary Chapel Casa Grande at theopenword.com. That's all we have for today. Join Pastor David for another teaching from God's Word right here on The Open Word. Make us more.